I think we tend to go, oh, well, I can take on that project. And oh, I want to, we want to implement all the ideas. And sometimes we do, and they start layering on top of each other. And before we know it, we've got like seven, 10, seven to 10 things going on. And so, you know, I decided to do an experiment this past summer where I was like, I'm at a point where if I wanted to, I could full, fully focus on writing and podcasting. And the, that's like the dream. Like to me, I'm like, that was the dream. And my husband kind of had to point it out to me. Like he was like, um, everything else you're doing is extra. So like, that's all great, but do you need to be doing it? It sounds like it's stressing you out. You're overwhelmed. Like, what if you just like took advantage of the fact that you've worked for the last several years to get yourself to this point where you could just do that? And I was like, oh. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey y'all, welcome back to this side. It's your turn podcast. Today, my guest is Jordan Lee Dooley. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think this podcast selfishly was one of the greatest podcasts that I've ever recorded in the fact that it was just so many lessons I needed to hear over and over again. We talked about the toxic culture of hustle. And you guys know I am a hustler. I crave success. I crave living in my purpose. But we talked about so many things today. And you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. I know I did. I adore Jordan, I think she has so much class, vulnerability, authenticity. You guys are going to love it. If you don't know Jordan Lee Dooley, she's a national best-selling author, educator, and the host of a top-rated podcast called She. You guys enjoy today's episode. Y'all, I'm super excited for today's guest. Jordan Lee Dooley is here. Jordan spoke at my uh, virtual uh, virtual event. Oh, gosh, girl, can you believe it's only been a year ago? 2020 has felt like six years ago. I'm like, oh, it's good to see you after six years. Wait, that was just last May. <laughs> no, crazy. It like, I think it's crazy how when so much chaos is happening around you, you're constantly paying attention to all these messages and this thing and that thing. It actually feels so like, oh my gosh, this is very overwhelming. But I think in a weird way, it makes time go so fast because there's so much to digest and to like think about and you're distracted by and hearing about, I don't know. It just, it, I feel like it's flown since then. Seriously. I, I was actually like, just kind of like prepping for this. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, so two years ago we were talking and she did a bit on, you know, doing big things and starting small. And I was like, wait a minute, that was 2020. That was last yeah. year. It's so incredible. I totally agree with you. It's like 2020 was like the longest yet shortest year yeah. ever. I feel like we need yeah. like that year back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, it, it's weird when something flies yet. It feels like it was so long ago. It's such a strange, such a strange, almost like juxtaposition, juxtaposition or whatever. Like, it's just like, wait, this is not, 
I don't know. I, I personally feel like when something flies by, but it feels like it's been years, I, I don't know how to make that make sense in my head. I'm like, my brain can't comprehend. <laughs> I don't know, totally for sure. But I actually feel like this is like a perfect transition to what we were going to talk about today, because over the last year, it's people have done like, in my personal opinion, people did kind of like one or two things. They like either slowed everything down and they almost like froze a little bit or people sped up and personally like actually very like um i'm very uh this this podcast with you is going to be very much about me because i am such a typical hustler like i grind all the time and i am a huge fan of yours from you know like obviously we know each other just a little bit but like from a distance i just absolutely adore watching you because i believe that i do something similar but i do it in a very different way the way that you do it is such grace and such truth and class and authenticity like i just love everything that you put out in the world talking about being a woman of faith talking about like literally divine calling talking about like you can have success you can have a healthy marriage you can have like a really great life and it doesn't have to be what everyone says it is and I think like the pandemic was like kind of two things and I guess we're kind of quote-unquote still in it coming out of it hopefully but I feel like people did kind of like a double down on like hustle or double down of like couldn't handle it all. And I'd love for us to kind of like jam on that a little bit, because I feel like you've done a beautiful job this past year of really still being super, super successful and yet not making it all about the grind. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for saying that. That's super encouraging to hear. Um, you know, I, I do think you're right about that. I think that our tendency to lean into almost what our, what our, what our comfort space is like, I don't know about you, but based off what you shared, I'm the same way. Like me personally, if something feels out of control, if something feels chaotic, if there's something I don't understand, I lean into achievement, like by nature, I lean into, okay, well, what can I do? What can I be proactive about? What can I control? And it's almost so subconscious, but I catch myself, you know, vision casting, ideating, brainstorming, implementing, like I just do stuff like that. And so, um, that's kind of been the story of my life, honestly, since as long as I can remember. And so I think it's been interesting for me just because over this past year, it was a really interesting experience to have a global crisis and personal crisis happen at the same time. And I think a lot of people were touched by that in one way or another, whether the global crisis affected them personally or something else in their personal life was happening while the world felt like it was on fire. And so you find yourself in this really interesting position where, you know, you realize how this idea of like stability and and consistency is actually kind of, uh, it's kind of inaccurate. Like, I think we have this idea that that's what it is, but it's, it's not entirely true. And when something like that happens, it kind of shakes you. And so I don't know, for me personally, though, I really leaned into going, okay, wait, it's not that I don't want to work hard. It's not that I don't want to be, you know, ambitious or successful. It's not that I want to put all that, or, you know, I don't need to put any of that away, but I think when you are faced with your own personal tragedy or when you're faced with a global crisis or both, especially both, there's sometimes this um, reevaluation that I think can happen when there were several different situations over that, like 12 to 18 month period where I felt like I just kept getting almost where I was going. I almost launched a new project and the world fell apart, or I almost finished my book manuscript and then the story changed and I had to rewrite it. I almost like, there was just so many different things, some professionally and some personally that felt like just as I was about to cross the finish line, the finish line moved or I tripped or the whole world blew up. And so it, when those things happen, I think it really makes you rethink everything. It's like, wait, 
Am I pursuing the right goals? Like, do I want to be running this race? What am, what am I working toward? And you actually start to go, what do I actually care about? And what do I actually want? And I think, especially as a woman of faith, I started to give myself permission to figure out what do you want, Jay? Because for so long, I was like, that's a selfish question, question to ask. I need to be worried about what do other people want? What does God want? And yes, those things matter. But I think I had to lean into what would I mean by that? Like, what do I mean when I say, what do I want? It's not just, oh, I want a, you know, luxury vehicle or these things that are kind of pointless. It's like, what do I actually value in my life? What am I working toward? Is that in alignment with what I feel is important and what I feel like God put me on this planet to do? Am I just kind of achieving for the sake of achieving? And so I actually think it's unwise to not be very clear on what we value and what we truly want, because then we just start doing things aimlessly. We start stretching ourselves too thin. We start running in circles. And I don't think that's the way to be a very good steward. And so I kind of had to shift my mindset on like, this isn't about just having these like selfish, you know, luxurious desires. It's actually about like, what do you actually at your core value? And is what you're doing right now, your goals, your professional ambitions, your dreams, all that, is that in alignment with that? And if you don't even know what it is, there's no way of knowing that. And all you're going to do is bring yourself out. And so I think if anything, the hardship I experienced personally, the crisis that was surrounding the many crises, honestly, that were surrounding us in, in the world and that will continue to realistically, it's just how the world is. It really, I think, is a weird and unexpected for many. It's it's an invitation. And I think that's why, like what you had said, we kind of lean into one or the other um, because we do go to what we are naturally drawn toward. But if we can actually look at it as much as it's hard, as much as it almost doesn't make sense, as if we can look at those experiences as like an unexpected invitation or even just opportunity. And I say that in air quotes because it's not necessarily like something that feels like a positive opportunity, but to reevaluate. And to say, is what I'm doing, is everything on my plate, every goal that I've been pursuing, every milestone I've been chasing, every revenue benchmark I've been working toward, is that in alignment with what I actually value? And if it's not, what do I need to change? So that's really, but my last year and year and a half has been focused on. And it's been so interesting to see the personal growth I've experienced, the, the professional growth I've experienced, and the big changes I've made in my life as a result. Mm. There's just so many things there. And I thank you for saying all of it. And it's a hundred percent the truth. So, and you know, when I'm working one-on-one with clients or my masterminds or whatever, I always say to people, like, you say you want this, but where is your time being put? Like, where are your priorities, right? You say your family's first and yet you give them 10 minutes at the end of the day. You say that your health and wellness is a big priority and yet you squeeze in 15 minutes and end the day with a bottle of wine or whatever it is that you're doing. And so you really have to make sure you're, what you say you want and where you're putting your time and your energy and your effort are in alignment. So I think that's absolutely bang on. What would you say to someone who says, I, I actually don't even really know what I truly want. Like, how do you help someone get, get clearer? What would your advice be for someone who's like, you know what? I think I want what all these people on social media have. I think I want what the neighbor next door has, but I truly don't know what I want because for myself personally, I've gone through these things many times in my life. You know, I was chasing the professional golf, you know, career that everyone told me on the planet that my life was just going to be absolutely fantastic. And I was the most miserable I was ever been in my whole entire life. And, you know, I look at it as such a God moment because it, my, my rock bottom was the thing that brought me this beautiful life that I now have. But what would you tell someone who's, who truly doesn't even actually know what they want? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I think in a way you gave a glimpse into one way to answer it, which is consider your rock bottom. And if you are, if you're not currently in that position, consider a time where maybe you have been in that position and think about what did you care about then? Like ultimately. And then I think the other thing is sometimes I find it really helpful to think through, um, I, I like to do like a three to five year vision. And the reason for that is because when you try to create like, what do you want out of your whole life? That's just like super overwhelming. And none of us know because we don't know where we'll be in 10 years. And if I would have said, well, in five years, I want this, I wouldn't be where I'm at now, right? So I, I or not in five years, in, in 10 years or whatever. So I say, keep it short. I say like, where would you like to be in two years from now or three years from now or at a maximum five years from now? And just start thinking through like, okay, obviously there may be certain things you can't control, right? You can't control certain aspects of relationships or whatnot, but think through like, okay, Okay. If I could think about what do I like, let me eliminate all the voices. Let me stop looking to the left and right for five seconds and think about where would I like to be? Because you might start going, I don't actually care to own a house. They always tell me that I should own a house by 30, but maybe that's not actually something that I feel like is a top priority for me. I would actually really prefer to travel and to, you know, uh, marry the guy that I've been dating and and I want to be married by then or whatever it might be. So you start pulling out these things that you're like, Hmm, that thing I thought I was supposed to do by this age, like that's not actually something that feels like it matters. And so that's one thing. I think just start thinking through like what actually is something that you you value and what would that look like if you were to play it out in two years, three years, four years from now? Because then you can start kind of putting pen to paper in that regard. I also would say, um, what look at your current plate. Look at everything you've committed yourself to and think what actually... Um, supports that vision and what distracts from it. Like what distracts from that where I'm like, for example, I feel called to marriage, right. As a person, I feel called to family. So I'll just walk you through my own kind of thought process and then I'll pull certain things out of it. So you have a tangible example. So when I first got married, my husband and I had this idea, like we want to buy a house. We want a homestead. We want to like, you know, chip in Joanna Gaines, HGTV style. And so within about before our second anniversary, we bought this house and it was on three acres And, um, it was an older home and we were like, oh, we'll renovate the kitchen. Like it had a lot of Instagram potential, like beautiful, big sycamore in the back. It sit on three acres. We were like, we could turn this into our little homestead. We got chickens. Like we went all in on this vision. And at that time of our life, that just sounded really fun. But at the time we hadn't really discussed what do we value to us? We valued Instagrammable potential. We valued, you know, the HGTV lifestyle stuff that sounded fun, but really wasn't very rooted for us in a why it wasn't rooted in like, well, why do we want that? Other than the fact that it'd be fun to share on the internet. It sounds interesting. There wasn't like a deeper real like motive beyond just, it sounds cool. Other people on TV do it. So anyways, we got ourselves into this whole thing where we buy this house, it sits on three acres. And once this, you know, we lived there for two years and as this entire experience with everything that's happened over the last year in the world, but then also certain things that we went through in our personal life, suddenly we've said, wait, do, do we like, do, is this a stressor or is this truly like something that's good? And so I would actually start to identify things that are, that you thought you wanted, that maybe you took on that. I would ask yourself, is this a stressor that is necessary? Is it like a short-term stressor or is it something that's just lasting? And then I'm, I'm kind of shackling myself to unnecessarily. And that doesn't actually support where I think I want to go. And that's kind of what we started to talk through. We were like, you know, we've had some health issues the past year. This is becoming a big money pit. It's becoming really stressful. We can't maintain this land like we thought we could. Wow. This is really overwhelming. Is this really what we want in this season of our life? And is this something, do we value, you know, having, chickens and, you know, doing renovations on an old house in this season, or is it actually harming our health and well-being, our mental health, our marriage? Like, is it actually 
becoming a problem. And so I would look at the things that you've taken on, maybe that you thought you wanted because two, three years ago, I thought I wanted that and start going, is that becoming more of a stressor? Is that harming my health and well-being? Is that supporting or hurting my family or future family? And we came to the conclusion, this is actually causing us a lot of stress. It's causing some potential health issues because there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and that aren't up to code. And we're having water leaking and all that thing. And it's creating stress and therefore it's not allowing us to really thrive in our marriage because we're just so worried about this house and, you know, overwhelmed by all of our responsibilities with it. So for us, we chose to simplify. And so we sold our house and we got a newer home on less than land and it just worked out better for us. So that's an example. Obviously that's a big example. I'm not saying you need to go sell your house, but I would say sometimes when you start to think through what you want, you start with, what do I not want? What did I think I wanted? That's actually really like hurting me not supportive of the vision of where I think I I need to go. That's hurting my family. That's hurting my health. Like that's sometimes where you can start at least removing the wrong thing. So you can get closer and closer to the right thing. Mm, It's so good. You know, like the main kind of topic that I've seen you've been talking about lately, uh, definitely on your social media is like the toxic culture that we live in the social media culture where you know it's not just social media it's all media it's like just the bombardment of what we should be doing you know i should it on myself my whole entire life i should do this i should do that do you like where did you get the fact like do you think that that was something for yourself because i know like for myself like every time i get into the hustle every time i get into the grind like i've i've actually shared this with like clients and masterminds i even shared it on podcasts a long time ago i always tell people like if something was immediately canceled tomorrow, would it feel lighter or would it be, would you be sad? And like, every time I have a client who's like super stressed out and I do this with myself all the time, I always ask myself, if this got canceled tomorrow, would you feel so much lighter? And if the answer is yes, then you have to figure out like why it is that you're doing, like, is it a shit on yourself? So perhaps even like, where did it come from that you were supposed to like, was it the external, like people telling you like, this would be great for your social media. This would be great for your business. This is what we should be doing. And all of the things are, cause I think that so many people are so afraid, like, even when you were selling the house, I'm sure like maybe the fear gremlins in the back of your mind were like, what are people going to think? Like, what are people going to say? Because that I think stops so many people from doing the thing that they actually know they need to do, which is, you know, sell the house, maybe not buy a house, maybe get divorced, maybe not like maybe get into the marriage, maybe not have kids if they don't want to have kids. Like myself personally, I've chosen not to have kids. And so many people have like secretly come to me and said like, girl, like, how did you say no? Because it takes power for certain people to do certain things. So like even selling your house, were were you nervous about selling the house about what other people were going to say? It's a good question. I, I think I was actually more nervous about regretting it. Um, I think I was nervous because there was in my brain, I had this vision for the house not for my life. I mean, I I had a, I had the vision of like, Oh, we're going to live in this house. We're going to paint it white. We're going to put a front porch on it. It's going to have this brand new kitchen. And I had to release that. So sometimes when you, you know, start to really think through what is it that actually matters, that truly matters to me, 
you may have to let go of some visions that you thought you had along the way. One of which was like, okay, I'm not going to have the like Pinterest white farmhouse that I pictured. And maybe I'll have that again in the future. And I think that was what eventually pushed me over the edge of like, okay, that's not to say I can never have that, but maybe that's really not what's right for the next five years of my life. And that's fine. Um, but it was a really actually, I mean, even in the decision, we went back and forth. Are we going to sell? Or are we going to not? Are we going to sell? Or are we going to not? Let's like, you know, get the price for the kitchen quoted and see if that's something we really want to do. And then we realized that's going to be a lot harder because they kind of Mickey Mouse the kitchen. And we'd probably run into foundational issues. And so we started to look through all, I mean, I tore that decision apart. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes it's not as clear to you of like, ah, oh, yes, this is what I need to forego. I, because you wonder if you're going to regret it. Right. And sometimes you feel like you're letting go of a good thing in pursuit of the greater thing. Um, and, and that doesn't always feel very easy in the moment. And so we actually literally put the how the sign, this for sale sign up in our front yard and we hadn't put it on the market, like on the internet officially yet, but we put the sign up and we, I think my realtor got like one call from someone passing and I was like, nope, nope, take it down. You know, and we took it down and my <laughs> husband's like, oh my gosh, like I was literally driving him crazy. It took me a while. And so I think, yes, sometimes the fear of what other people will think or say is there, but I also think even more so it's like, what will I think or say? Like, what if I actually let this go? It sounds like it would be less stressful. It sounds like if I just let it go, I would feel better. But what if I regret it? And spoiler, I didn't regret it at all. Like have zero regrets. So thankful we did that. But in the in the moment when you're in the middle of it, sometimes that fear of like, what if I look back and think, I wish I wouldn't have done that can totally hold us back just as much as wondering what other people think or worrying what other people think. So I think sometimes it's it's truly like a leap of faith to release something or to, you know, take a break from it or take a pause. And that's not the only time in my life that I've done that. But I think it really gets hard when you start wondering, like, will I look back in six months and wish that I could have undone that decision? And sometimes you don't know the answer to that till you do. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm a big believer. I've everything in my business, obviously decided it's your turn. Right. And I'm a big believer that like the, once you make a decision, like once I make a decision, I like literally go all in on that decision. Like that is the decision, no matter what, even if it was like, Ooh, that was, I probably should have gone right instead of going, going left. I'm still, I look at it as such a beautiful lesson because I'm like, next time I'll know to go left instead of, or next time I'll go right instead of going left. So I just like show up to every decision as it's never a wrong decision. And like, I think that for me, it gives me like that peace to know that like, it's never a wrong decision. Like this is the decision. It's never the wrong decision. I can make it the same. I can make a different decision next time, but this time, this is the decision. And it's given me a lot of clarity. So you selling the house and downsizing and even you you and I before I even hit record I was talking about how I've noticed like you're amping up your social media but you have multiple different brands under your name and you said that you were taking a little bit of time away from a couple of the other projects at, at this time because it's less of a hustle and more like in a flow for you right now and I'd love to talk about that because I think that so many people and honestly I'm probably a bad example half the time because most people look at me and think you are always in hustle. And yes, I hustle a lot, but I also know exactly what my why is. And I know exactly like what is so important to me. Like there is not a $1 million bill that could come and sit on my front porch step before I would take time away from spending it with my husband or something along those lines. Like I'm very in alignment. I do hustle, but I'm very in alignment with like what matters the most to me. And so you stepping away from a couple of things and like putting a little bit more time on yourself and your marriage and, you know, your personal brands, what has that done for you? Because I think so many people, we need to hear it because hustle culture is such a thing. 
Yeah. It's really good. I've really had to give myself permission to do less better because I, I think what's difficult is when you are a visionary or you're creative or you have talent or you have experience that you want to share with the world. You, especially if you're a, a go-getter and an overachiever, like I think most successful people tend to be with it, even if they don't admit it. Um, I think we tend to go, oh, well, I can take on that project. And oh, I want to, we want to implement all the ideas. And sometimes we do, and they start layering on top of each other. And before we know it, we've got like seven, 10, seven to 10 things going on. And so, you know, I decided to do an experiment this past summer where I was like, I'm at a point where if I wanted to, I could fu- fully focus on writing and podcasting. And the, that's like the dream. Like to me, I'm like, that was the dream. And my husband kind of had to point it out to me. Like he was like, um, everything else you're doing is extra. So like, that's all great, but do you need to be doing it? It sounds like it's stressing you out. You're overwhelmed. Like, what if you just like took advantage of the fact that you've worked for the last several years to get yourself to this point where you could just do that. And I was like, Oh, like it it almost like clicked in my brain of like, maybe I should try that. But of course to like me, I'm afraid I'd be so bored that I'd want to stick bicycle spokes in my eyeballs. And so I was like, okay, I've got to like do this in small increments. So I took a couple months where I was like, I'm going to do a little bit of a summer break. I, I, you know, took a small, like I, I downsized my team a little bit, simplified my focus. We didn't try to steward all the social media pages and all the brands to the same level that we were doing it before. We took care of our students. We took care of our customers. Like obviously the things that are important and, and the bare minimum and the basics, but we were like, you know, maybe we don't need to try to grow. I think there's sometimes this myth of scaling, especially in the business world where it's like, well, if you hit this number last year, you've got to double it by this year. And I was kind of like, actually, I don't need to do that. I'm very comfortable with where I was at last year. And I'm very thankful for that. And if that's where we're at again, this you're like, awesome. You know, and oh, I love, and that. I think I don't need to feel like I just have to grow for the sake of growth. And so I kind of gave myself that permission to like turn off all the ads that I see on Facebook and all of the voices and the messages and the motivational quotes and everything that's constantly telling you to grow, 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 do more, make more, all of that, be more, and instead just live more and maybe do less better. And so I really focused in on completing my book manuscript and making that the absolute best that I could be and making sure that I focused in on what is my craft everything else, all these other programs, other things that I've done are extra and they're great. They're great extra things. I'm not, you know, afraid to do them, but I want to make sure I'm really stewarding my craft well. And so I focused a lot on writing and communication and batching podcasts and optimizing certain things on my website that we hadn't had time to do. And it was like, I finally gave myself the permission to do that. And it actually worked really well. I was like, I had this big meeting with my financial planners and they were, you know, we kind of came to this, I was like, I kind of like this. Like I, I kind of saw it as a temporary thing, but I think I'm actually going to stick with it for a while because it feels like it fits my needs, my values, my priority in this season of my life. Um, that could change in two years, but for right now, this just feels really good. And I'm so glad I gave myself the short-term permission to try it because it really helped me see that, wow, I could, I could do this and I could still work hard. There's still weeks where I have to hustle more. You know, there's still certain deadlines and things that I have to meet, but maybe I don't have to do all the things all the time and grow consistently to be successful. Maybe I can get to a point and be okay with plateauing for a little while. Like we act like that's such a bad thing, but if you're at a level where you feel like you're like you can be content with that. I think it's really important to learn the art of contentment, not complacency, not comfort, but contentment and saying, this is enough. I don't think we're encouraged to define enough in our society. And like often enough, we're often told more and more and more. And we never ask why to our goals. Like my husband and I were setting goals. It was um, the beginning of 2020, right before everything hit, which I think was so appropriate because it was so like preparatory for me. Um, But we had had some personal health stuff and whatnot happen. And 
I was talking through some project ideas I had and he goes, okay, well, how much do you want to make on this project? And I threw out some large number and he goes, okay, that's awesome. Why? And I was just like, why? You know, I don't know. It sounds good. Other people have done it, you know? And he's like, well, what, like, let's think through that. So we kind of started to work through, I was like, well, you know, at the time I needed to bring on an assistant, there was other things I needed to do. And so we talked through all of that long story short, it turned out like once we calculated the actual needs to achieve the goals that I had in mind and the things I really wanted to work toward, I needed like half of what I had said. Right. And it's like, not to say that if you make that much, there's anything wrong with that, but it was just like, I was throwing out these arbitrary numbers and setting these arbitrary goals. And then for the sake of more, for the sake of what sounded good, you know, and I think we do that a lot without even realizing it because we're constantly being told like, here's how you scale. Here's how you grow. Here's how you do this. And I don't know. It was just like the first time I was invited to be like, what if I just focused on what our needs are and what it feels right now. Um, so anyways, that was just one example, but I think the art of defining enough and seeking contentment in a world that's constantly telling you not to be content is such a superpower. It is, su- it's such a resistant to this, like a resistance, uh, or active resistance to that constant pressure. Mm. It's so, it's so interesting that you say that because, well, first of all, I want everyone to hear that again, do less better. Mm-hmm. do less better. I just think that that is such a great line, like do less better and do like, do it the best that you can, because, you know, if you're doing a thousand things and you're doing them all really shitty, or you're doing a really, you're doing a thousand shitty things instead yeah. of doing one or two, like really, really well. And I love that you use the word contentment. Cause I've actually used that word around my husband so often and he doesn't like it. He is definitely a type a high achiever. And so am I in a lot of regards, but I have gotten to this point in my life and it probably happened about three years ago, I'd say, where I said, you know what, babe, I am so content. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm not striving for more. It doesn't mean that I don't want to accomplish the moon, but like overall, I am so content with my life. And it was interesting. He, I actually said that around one of my other guy friends and he was like, he said to my husband, he's like, damn girl, keep her, you know, (laughs) because I was so like, I'm so content with where I am. I still have massive goals. I still show up every day. I still, you know, I probably have used, and I'm really going to be conscious after, you know, talking to you about the word hustle, because even though I do dedicate so much of my life to this, I'm so passionate about what I get to do. And I do want to achieve more. And actually it's interesting. My, my why, and I've said it a thousand times, I don't need a million dollars in my business to like actually live. But one of my biggest goals in my life has to been as has been to tithe a hundred thousand dollars in one year. Like that is my why. And actually my coach said to me one time, she's like, after you do it, do you think you'd quit? And I was like, no, I wouldn't quit. But like, for me personally, like, it's just a goal that I've always wanted to do because I haven't tithed my whole life. And it's just changed. Like ever since I found my faith, it's been a big deal to me. And so like, that is the reason why I do what I do. Like, and I feel like along the way I get to bless people along the way. But I also think like exactly what you're saying, you have to figure out like what makes sense to you and what makes you come alive. Because if you're not in a good space and you're just doing it because you quote unquote should be doing it, other people on the internet have hit these numbers and not even just the internet, you know, like normal 
businesses that don't exist on the internet. Shocking. Those things are still there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's super important. And I love that you said that because again, I, I just think that, you know, it's a bit of a lie. Like, why are we doing what we're doing if it's making us miserable and making us not feel well, especially, you know, after the things that you've been dealing with health wise, it's like, why are you pushing yourself into the ground when you don't even have to? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, there are certain seasons, like when we first got married and we had $0 and my husband had just lost his job. And we were like, there was a time where I had to be like, okay, pull it together. Like we're doing it, you know? And there are totally seasons for that. So I'm not saying that if it's a need of yours right now, you may not have like a whole lot of time to just pamper yourself. And I'm not suggesting you even do that. All I'm saying is there are times in life where it's like, okay, I've got to put my nose to the grindstone and I've got to do it. But then I think what can happen is that season kind of ends and it's not as necessary to still run yourself into the ground, but you've become so chronically used to it because you did it for three months, six months, four years, whatever, however amount of time you did it, that you don't take the time to look up and go, am I still doing, is this still necessary? Like, I think that's kind of where I was at. I was like, so used to, we got married really young, you know, we were trying to figure out our careers and we both just went for it. But then when we no longer, like we had gone for it long enough that we could have taken a break. And so I just say like constantly take inventory. I think that's really important to take inventory and look around and be like, is this still necessary? And, and even if it is, how can I build in some rhythmic pauses, even into the more hustle busy type of season? Maybe it's that I take Sunday afternoons off my phone and make sure I spend time outside. Like it, as long as you can integrate these rhythmic pauses and rhythmic rests into even the more busy hustle, stressful seasons, that's going to give you the time, the chance to exhale. That's going to give you the chance to pause, look around, reevaluate and say, this doesn't really need to be here. I, I, that doesn't need to be on my plate anymore. So I'm going to remove that. And that's going to give me a little extra margin. So constantly do that. Like if, even if you just do it weekly or quarterly, like make it a regular thing, because I think that will really help you decide what matters, what doesn't, what still needs to be here? What do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? And how can I make sure I'm being the best steward of what actually matters to me? Not what I feel like should matter to me or what everyone says should matter the most or all of that. And I think even going back to your point about, you know, being really content in your life, that doesn't mean you don't have goals. Like I think, in fact, the problem, and I think what actually feeds hustle culture and so much of this constant pressure we feel is this subtle lie that says, when I get X, I'll be happy. Oh, or totally, X, girl. But if you're not content before you get to X or, and maybe you're not, like, I always talk about liking your life. I actually wrote about this in my next book because we always hear like, love your life, right? And that's really cute. And that looks really nice on a Hallmark card. But to the woman who might be really struggling in her singleness or who maybe just lost a job or lost a child or who wants to have a child or whatever, like there's something that's unfinished or a void in her life. It may be hard to go, oh yes, I just love everything about my life, right? So I'm not asking you to do that because sometimes that's really hard. But what I do encourage is how can you find ways to cultivate a life before you even get to where you wanna go or the next milestone or finish line you wanna cross? How can you cultivate a life you really like where you're at? And the reason that's so important, it's not to gloss over the things that you don't like. It's not to gloss over the things that are hard or empty or hurtful or painful. It's to say, what can I do with what's here to make the most of it and to be content in it so that when I cross the next finish line, when I do eventually get that milestone or that next thing or that next goal or that next level, the finish line doesn't feel like it moves five seconds later, because if we're not used to cultivating a life of contentment and a life that we can really enjoy and like, and make the most of, even if it doesn't have everything we think we want, then when we get to where we think we want to be, there's always going to be the next thing that we have to chase. And so it's really important to, to learn the, the art of 
contentment where I'm at without getting complacent and not thinking bigger. And so I just think, keep that in your mind, because if you're constantly chasing the next finish line, you're never going to feel like you cross any of them because it's just going to keep moving. Oh, amen to that. And I, and I do think that that's why gratitude is so, so important. Like you have to be grateful for what you have right now. Cause sometimes in the hardest of the days, it's the smallest of the things that matter so, so much. And I, I think this probably, you probably believe this is true, but you said, I heard you say the two things that you absolutely love are writing the books and the podcast. And sometimes you have to put plateau during those stages. But I also believe too, that when we're so in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing in an instant, God can fast forward us to something that we could have never have imagined by slowing down. But when you're so in alignment with what you're doing, like just because right now it may be a slower season, you have no idea. Like your, your next book, your next podcast interview could be the one that goes completely, I guess books don't go viral, but it goes, it blows up to where God just takes it and fast forwards everything. But if you wouldn't have taken the time to get still, it would have never have happened. Exactly. No, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, I've experienced that in other smaller ways. Like I had closed my first business at one point mostly because I felt like it had grown very quickly, but then I didn't really know where to take it. I felt like it was kind of confusing to me. It was overwhelmed. And I just remember being in a place where I was like, I don't know what to do next to this. And I actually think I need to pause and take a step back. And that felt really backwards because on paper it was working. Like on paper, it was profitable. It was popular. Like there was no real like black and white reason to say, um, this is something I need to let go of. But in my spirit and in my gut, I just felt like, I, as a leader, don't have clarity on what this is supposed to look like or be. And I don't know how to get that when I'm in the midst of the chaos of it, trying to do it all. So, and I had some other things that were starting to take off. Like I was writing books and I was, so I was like, okay, I'm trying to run this business and all this other stuff with my personal brand is taking off. Maybe I need to pause that business or like close it for a bit. So we did a warehouse sale, we paused it and that felt super backwards to me. I remember thinking like, God, why did I do like, this doesn't make any sense. I fought it for like seven months. You know, I knew I needed to, but I just kept being like, I think I'm overthinking it. You know, it'll be fine. Eventually doing that again, it was another one of those situations where I kind of felt like I was letting go of a good thing, similar to letting go of the house and kind of jumping going, Oh shoot. I hope I don't regret this. Um, but I, it was closed for a little over a year. And in that year, so many things happened that gave me like so much clarity. I'm like, Oh, this is what the mission and the purpose of, of this. This is the problem we solve. This is where we need to go. This is what it needs to like morph into and become, but I couldn't have done that if it was moving full steam ahead, you know, hundred miles an hour, like you can't really stop and turn that. Sometimes you actually have to stop it, pause, take a step back. And when I was able to eventually bring it back new and improved clearer, and it just like, it took off and it was so clear to me. And I was like, Oh, now I understand. It didn't make sense that whole year that it was closed, but in doing that and almost acting in that obedience, when it almost didn't make sense on paper, not only did the clarity come, not only did, you know, the purpose become so much clearer, but God just completely quadrupled it. Right. And so I just, I use these different examples for, I mean, even with the house, like that's another example I was sharing earlier. Sure. Like I don't have my white picket fence farmhouse and like, maybe I'll have that in the future, but I do feel like, wow, like in doing that, our marriage has been the best it's ever been. We've had so much more time together. We haven't had to worry about like mice coming into our kitchen and we can dance around our kitchen and cook and enjoy oh, it. Oh like, no. Yeah. It was, it was tragic. I'm telling you, it was the whole thing. So I watched like, a few of the photos along the journey and I'll be honest with you, you and my mom are much more alike. And the fact my mom's an architectural designer, my husband's a developer. Like I have a great house only because of those two. But I just think about that situation. And I've been like, 
Oh dear Lord, that is my absolute nightmare. No, it was a nightmare. And it was, it was starting to happen toward the end of the time we were there. We were like, they found somewhere in the garage and how to oh. get in. And it was like, a, it was a nightmare for like six months. So anyways, in letting go of a good thing, you know, like you said, or, or not even letting go, but sometimes pivoting or taking a break or whatever that might look like. Sometimes it may seem like this feels like I'm step backwards. This feels like counterproductive. This feels like I'm not just like putting my foot on the gas and going to the next level. But I think that's where you actually give God room to work. I think it's where you actually give God like the reins a little bit and he takes it where he wants it to go. But you, because you were still, you were able to be the better steward of it. You were able to be clearer on it and you were able to, to like really, uh, I don't know if the word steward or yeah, I guess steward it better um, and pour into it better because you you're able to act with more intention, I think is really what can happen. And there's really something powerful that happens when you can act with intention and not just like a distraction or a half-hearted effort. So it's not fun. It's certainly not fun and it's hard, but it, it dares you to go, what is enough and what's enough for right now? And how can I make the most of that? Because I have no idea how the, the decision I make in the moment can affect the future. So, yeah. Do you think you could have done any of this as well as you've done it without your faith? No, I mean, my faith has been rocked over the last year and a half. Like I, yeah. I it's interesting. Cause I'm like, I, I want to say no, because I feel like that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that. That's so true because in uh, it, it yeah. is so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I want to say, no, I definitely couldn't have, but then sometimes my pride's like, you totally could have, like, it's fine. I got and, this. I don't know. And, and I think that's the thing. Like, I think my faith has been really refined over the last year and a half of learning to slow down, learning to deal with hardship, learning to grieve the hard things that are happening in the world and show up in that in a way that, you know, everyone shows up in that differently. And so, um, I don't know that I could have done it well without my faith. Um, but simultaneously it's like, my faith felt very like rocky and it was actually very humbling to feel like, actually, I don't really feel like I have the answers right now. And I don't know how to approach this. And I thought, you know, two years ago, I would have been the person to be like, here's the answer. And it's in a way been very humbling. And I think that's probably exactly what I needed to get through it. And that was probably the whole point, you know? Um, so yes and no. I mean, I don't, I don't think realistically I could have, but my pride wants to say like, yeah, totally. Cause I was really struggling in that department, you know? So that's my human answer anyway. <laughs> I love that you gave a human answer. You guys, I, I really just encourage you. I don't know how in the world you would listen to my podcast. If you haven't listened to Jordan's podcast, the she podcast or follow Jordan, because she's just such an inspiration. Like I said, and I told you in the beginning, just such truth, class, vulnerability, authenticity. You've shared so much of your life. Um, and I just thank you for it because it's just, to me, my number one core value in my life and my business is my integrity. Like integrity to me comes above all else. And obviously, you know, we're not BFFs. I don't really know you a, a ton outside of this space, but you know, for a long period of time and who you surround yourself with and the way that you show up and you, willing to stand back from the business for a little bit and really, you know, take care of yourself and, and be able to do that. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Final question. I always ask everyone is this, if, is there one decision in your life that you made that you were afraid to make, but once you finally made it, it ended up better than you could have ever imagined. Or if not, was there a lesson in it? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think honestly, the two that I shared were two big ones. One was closing down my first business the year after I hit seven figures for the first time. It just was like, what the heck am I doing? Um, so that was definitely a big one. And I would also say selling my house because in my brain, I was like, this is where we're going to start our family. This is going to be X, Y, Z. It's going to look like this, you know? And so releasing 
good things, a home, a business, things that on paper and real, like in most cases, they're really good things, but there may not be the right things. And I think, you know, if, if I learned anything, it's that just because something's a good thing, doesn't always mean that it's the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. And we've done in this season, doesn't mean like a year later, that business might come back new and better than ever. Right. Or you may find a house that actually fits you so much better, or you may buy land again, 10 years down the road. It just doesn't work for right now. So I think the lesson that I learned in some of those big decisions was just because it's a good thing, doesn't mean that it has to be the right thing for you right now. It might be right for your friend. It might be right for your neighbor, may not be what's right for you or your family right now. And that's actually really okay. Oh, mic drop moment. Jordan, (laughs) follow her on all of the things you guys. And uh, when is your next book out? Uh, the next book won't come out until April of 2021, which feels so far. It was supposed to come out this last uh, spring. That was a whole nother one of those moments where it was like almost done and then started over. So it was supposed to come out this past spring, but it got pushed a year. So we're waiting on it until the spring of next year. Well, until then, you can go and find her on her social media and listen to the She podcast. And I just thank you again for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, girl. Are you one of the many people each month that tell me they can't find a tribe of like-minded people who are ready to decide it's their turn? If so, I have the absolute solution for you. It's the Decide It's Your Turn Network, a tribe of like-minded, high-vibe humans who are ready to thrive in life and business. It's a community off social media in its own private app where I come in and teach twice a month live, taking your questions, connecting you with amazing humans from around the globe, all for less than $100 a month. The Decide It's Your Turn Network. You guys, check out the show notes, find the link, ChristinaLecure.com forward slash network. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.